for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 325 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And, buddy, I am so glad that we rearranged the recording schedule so we could make room for Disney Plus Day. Oh, yeah? Tell me what oh, the exciting news is. We got so much stuff. We'll get to, <laughs> we'll get to it all. You know, all right. I think this is going to be a pretty long episode with everything we have to cover. Um, but anyways, we'll be talking about things that happen at Disney Plus Day. We'll be talking about a potential shakeup in the live action movie release department. We'll be talking about behind the behind the helmet on whatever the fucking Boba Fett special that came out today. Right. And we'll be talking about the Elder, the seventh of the. Star Wars Visions shorts, and one of my personal favorites. <clears throat> Before we delve into all that, I have a little bit of like programming uh, housekeeping to do. So, as of right now, I am scheduled for a surgery on Thursday. Um, it is nothing major. It's hopefully going to be sort of the final step in getting my whole knee situation wrapped up and finished, you know, what I've been dealing for the la dealing with for the last two months since I was in the hospital. It's nothing major. In fact, it's looking like it's going to be an outpatient type surgery where I go in, they do it and they send me home that same day. But we normally record on Thursdays and I don't know how I'm going to be feeling after the the surgery so will and i are going to kind of play it by ear next week we may record on thursday we may record on friday we may skip the week so if you know you're looking at your podcast feed next end of next week slash next weekend and you don't see us just know that i needed a little extra time to recover and we'll catch up with you guys the week after um i know you guys understand but i just wanted to give you a heads up before it happens so uh, also, how about you follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod? 
And if you really enjoy the show and you want to support us, you can on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And where if you sign up, you get access to all our bonus shows that we release. Uh, you know, shows like Cooking with Will, Oh No, It's Hall Solo, Jaws, Podular Rasa, Masters of Harvest, Kasi, Blue Harvest Adventure, Steve versus the Prequel, Star Wars Year by Podcast. All kinds of fun stuff to be had over there. So, like I said, if you're interested, why don't you check it out? It is patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to our patrons. You guys are the best. <coughs> so, this will be an interesting episode because I had a special gummy candy right before we recorded. And we'll see when it kicks nice. in. I may start getting real stupid and making not a whole lot, not a whole lot of sense. Yeah, somebody in the in the comments will leave the timestamp of when it happens. Yep, yep, when it kicked in. <clears throat> so, uh, I have before we jump in to all the Star Wars, I I've got to bring up something up with you. Will we got to have a talk? Let's do that. Okay. So from the moment I met my good buddy Will here. There was a few things I knew about him immediately. I knew he liked Star Wars. I knew mm-hmm. he liked Dungeons and Dragons. And mm-hmm. I knew he liked the anime series Dragon Ball Z. These were things mm-hmm. I knew about my buddy Will. Now me, I that love makes Star- me like the nerdiest guy you knew in college, right? Um, no, man, come on. Eh, come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Um now Pretty me close. I love Star Wars. I love Dungeons and Dragons. And I liked Dragon Ball Z. I was never like a super fan who had seen all the episodes. But I'd watched my fair share on Cartoon Network back in the day, right? Right. Wasn't by any means like super well-versed. <clears throat> well, then you, me, and Steve start playing Dragon Ball Vi- Dragon Ball Fighters Z on Xbox. It's a Dragon Ball fighting game and it is phenomenal it's pretty good pretty damn good it's really good it's super over the top it's wild and just having a great time but i'm missing that one you know slight ingredient to really get into a game that's based off of licensed property and that's knowledge of the property itself and the characters (laughs) and the characters you know i of course i know the main players your gokus your vegetas your frizas and whatnot Mm-hmm. I don't know who Goku Black you don't know, is. You don't know Goku Black or Tien or Yamcha. Or, right, right. I don't know, you know these folks. So, uh, over the past couple of weeks as we're playing, like, it keeps getting stuck in my head like, maybe it's time. I love anime. Maybe it's time for me to to like really jump in and dive into the anime that, in for a lot of people, was their entry into anime over here. It in was the West. my starter, yeah. you know, in, you know. In, in middle school, high school. So this week is the week, right? I've got a Funimation account. I, I look it up. I find a watch order because I know there's movies that take place. And you know me. Yep. If I'm going to dive into something, I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to start Balls at Dragon Ball Z. I'm not going to start at Dragon Ball Z. I'm going to go all the way to Dragon Ball. You should have started with Dragon Ball Z. Now, I'm glad that you started with Dragon Ball, but you should have started with no, Dragon I'm Ball No, I'm doing Z. it right, Will. For the specific reasons we're probably going to talk about. Let me get there. 
<clears throat> so I start at the beginning. For you guys that don't know, you might be familiar with, you know, the term or the title Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is a sequel series to the original anime Dragon Ball. So I start watching Dragon Ball and, you know, I'm enjoying it well enough. You know, it's a, it's a little boy, a little boy Goku with his uh, monkey tail. Campy and fun. And like, yeah, it's really it's lighthearted, you know, super retro, uh, you know, compared to what I'm used to watching anime style. Uh, it's got right. like these really beautiful, almost watercolor backgrounds and stuff. True. And I'm digging Absolutely it. True. And in the first three or four episode, Will, I have seen little boy Goku <laughs> grab several people's crotches to see if they have a dick. All right? Yeah. yeah. And, bruh, Dragon Ball should be called Grabbing Balls because yeah. that's all that goes on in this fucking show, my dude. Yeah. What the fuck? It's, I mean, it's a type of humor, really. Um, there's another series. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's about like a rude little kid in a similar manner. I forget the name of the show, but it's another anime and it's like his show. Like he's like the rude little kid and it's supposed to be funny. I mean, and that's basically what it is. Like the kid's so outrageous that he's funny. Well, like Goku isn't rude and it's not that he's outrageous. Like he, he's just the only person he's ever known up until this point is his grandfather. That's the right. only other person he's ever had contact with. So, right. like, I get, you know, the context, but I'll be damned if that is not a run it and running theme. Like, there's this little pig guy, this little anthropomorphic yeah. talking pig guy that can, like, shape yeah, yeah. shapeshift. And Goku and Bulma and this little pig guy are riding around in a boat. And yeah. Goku just straight up grabs this dude's crotch and he's like, you've got balls. Yep. You could have warned me. I uh, I tried to tell you to start at Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. I did Fair several enough. times. But uh, look, I'm pot committed, as they say in the poker world. I understand. I, if you haven't seen Master Roshi perv out, then you're that's that's a significant part of it uh, as well. I've already seen that too. So okay, all right, <clears throat> all right, buddy. So let's go in a little bit of. Um, chronological order here if you don't mind so last week when we recorded there were some rumblings on the internet um about like future live action star wars movies and i didn't really talk about it last week just because it seemed early it's rumors and based on the rumors it seemed like it would all come to light or shake out sometime soon anyway so it's kind of like yeah let's wait and see what happens of it right plus we had the boba fett trailer to talk about right <laughs> but basically the rumor as i first saw it and i believe this is how it was first presented was this that rogue squadron the patty jenkins helmed star wars movie that was to be released in 2023 was temporarily delayed because they wanted to really get the script right. The script needed some work, and they really... And that plus her prior commitments to Wonder Woman and, and other projects meant that it was probably going to be difficult, if not impossible, for them to hit that 23, 2023 release date. But the bright side of it was Lucasfilm already had a replacement live-action show 
in the pipeline or live action movie in the pipeline to take its place, right? So the right. rumor was Rogue Squadron is delayed possibly to 2024. And what's taking its place, as initially reported, was an Old Republic movie. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking. Now I'm getting excited. You know me and the Old Republic. Yeah. Right? Right. And then um, it continues to morph as other people talk to sources and things come out. You know, this was um, sort of all in the the sphere of respected uh, Star Wars scoopers, right? Some people are saying, you know, well, I've heard it's a High Republic movie, not an Old Republic movie. Or that it's possible that there's both a High Republic movie project and an uh, Old... There's both, an Old Republic and a High Republic um, project in the works. And that one of those is going to be the one that takes rogue squadrons place right right once again i dig the high republic so this sounds cool to me and the the thing that i took away from this initial scoop was oh they're wanting to get rogue squadron right so they're putting extra time into it that's kind of what we've been asking right like get this shit right you know really bang this shit out before you give it to us so right. I didn't see a negative in that. Uh, secondly, if the first initial report was to be believed and Rogue Squadron was being delayed till sometime in 2024, that means we were probably going to get a Star Wars movie in 2023, 2024, and 2025 instead of the two-year gap that had been scheduled before. Or, you know, right. we have been operating under the assumption that it would be 2023, 25, and 27. So I kind of took it as a net positive. Then this week, Hollywood Reporter comes out and says, Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squadron movie delayed indefinitely. Okay, now to me, I see that story and I say, oh, that backs up those other reports. This makes sense for this news to come out given those other reports. Well, you would have (laughs) thought that... Lucasfilm killed somebody's grandmother, right? Like well, that was the negative re- news sells. Yeah. But I, like I just personally, peace and love, didn't understand the uproar given the previous reports. Like right. we, just days before we got reports saying Rogue Squadron is being delayed and there and such and such movie is going to take its place. So I was not surprised at all by the news from Hollywood Reporter. In fact, it made a lot of sense. Uh, The main thing that was a surprise to me is that it came out so close to the initial report, which I believe was Star Wars Newsnet who released that first report. Interesting. So it was one of those things where I was like, wow, but man, people got upset. And like, I totally get like if, if Rogue Squadron was one of your most anticipated Star Wars projects the, that you would be bummed, but I just don't get the total meltdown I saw some people having when this was basically reported earlier. And if the initial report is to be believed or is true, then it actually sounds like we're getting 
more Star Wars movies than initially revealed, right? Right. So, I don't know, man. I thought it was interesting, uh, and I just found the reaction, frankly, like, because the initial reaction I saw to, oh, they're working on a high re- or an Old Republic movie was like, let's fucking go. You know, people really dig the High Republic or the Old Republic. Man, that's going to get confusing. <clears throat> um, I was about to say, it'll be the Republic movie, whether high or old. Yes. So, uh, you know, I saw the excitement for that when the story stated. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand the meltdown. I do. Following the excitement of the possibility of an Old Republic movie. I, I don't get it either. And people are like, you know, I get it. Like, trust me. I'm ready for some, like, Star Wars productions to go smoothly and drama f- drama free. We've been saying this for a while. But I'd the also. The thing about drama free, uh, just like it's happening now, I feel like every ripple of Star Wars news creates some sort of. Negative. Oh my goodness, drama! You know what's coming next? Like yeah, and a lot just of because it's so popular, that machine is unstoppable. You know, I totally get that. I totally get that, and it's also just social media. You know what I mean? It's yeah. And and like, I also get on the other hand, like people got a lot of shit going on, man. It's been a fucking sucky couple of years. So having. Yeah. Star Wars as something to look forward to and then it's like well things may be different things might change may or may not happen whatever it may be I can get how that is a blow after all the shit people have been having to deal with the last couple (coughs) of years so it I'm not like hating on anybody that had a negative reaction I was just kind of confused about it and not to mention that this is all this is not Lucasfilm confirmed news, you know, like, I don't know. I think, I think until we hear there's not a movie coming in 2023 or until we hear that rogue squadron is not happening anymore, because here's the thing to keep in mind, right? With the Josh Trank star Wars movie, which was apparently going to be a Boba Fett movie. They straight up said that shit ain't happening. Right. When Colin Trevorrow was taken off episode nine after he literally wrote in a Star Wars script and General Hux has lost the Star War or whatever the fuck it was, that terrible line. When he was let go, they straight up said, this dude ain't doing Star Wars anymore. When the Game of Thrones guys were let go, what did they do? They said, hey, we're not working with those guys anymore. So... I don't think there's anything to fret about or, you know, pull the chicken little maneuver sky is follow, following when it comes to regards to Rogue Squadron. That's just my personal belief and where I stand on it. Until we know one way or the other, you know. There's no reason to freak out. I don't think so. And, like, I was into the idea of us of a um rogue squadron movie there's no doubt about it it sounds cool to me i love x-wings i love you know star fighters and star wars and dog fights and space battles so it's something right. that appeals to me but i've always wondered if i'm going to be completely honest with you and the listeners was that the best 
movie to come back from a theatrical hiatus on. You know what I mean? Like, Probably, yeah. Like it would be, once again, I'm not hating on Rogue One. I enjoy Rogue One. I like Rogue One as a Star Wars movie. But I don't think you would have brought that out before you brought out The Force Awakens, right? So right. to me, something a little higher profile, a little, I don't know about high profile, but like a little more bombastic and epic as something like a High Republic or an Old Republic movie might be a better movie to come out first with your next slate of Star Wars movies after a bit of a hiatus. That's just my personal theme. I've always kind of wondered that, like, as appealing as the premise sounded, it just kind of sounded like a one-off movie instead of, like, the start of the next wave of Star Wars movies. So, but that's just sort of my personal feeling on the whole thing. Yeah. So, um, either way, I'm sure we'll find out eventually, like, look either way either way we'll find out something we'll find out whether it's um through star wars celebration next year or an official disney thing i don't know how much faith we should put into that or perhaps even um a post on starwars.com i don't know buddy but Let's talk about Disney Plus Day. You ready? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, today was the day. Today was the day of reckoning when <laughs> all would be revealed and every corner of the Star Wars fandom would be covered in glorious announcement juices. Head to toe. Soaked in the glory of Star Wars. Um Whoa. We even talked, like, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, you know, there's rumors, oh, there's an Obi-Wan trailer, there's going to be a look at Cassian, there's going to be a look at Bad Batch, and so on and so forth. So, you know, myself and many other people were really looking forward to this day. Um, Didn't help that the Star Wars account itself tweeted, hey, bookmark November 12th on your calendar. You don't want to miss it or something like that. Talking about Disney Plus Day. Okay, let's go. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. As this day approached throughout the week, I started to get a little bit of an iffy feeling. The first thing that worried me was the initial schedule and announcement for stuff for Disney Plus Day was, okay, there's going to be a Boba Fett special on Disney Plus. There's going to be a Pixar special. There's going to be a Marvel special and announcements on social media throughout the day, right? And I was like, ooh, that's interesting. So, like, Marvel's getting their own Disney Plus special. Pixar's getting their own Disney Plus special. And Star Wars is getting a Boba Fett featurette. Something very, like, focused. Look, did it have me hyped? Of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) We're heading into what may be my favorite Star Wars season ever. Um, But I did think it's weird that like the studios, Marvel and Pixar, were getting their own thing, but Star Wars wasn't. And then I got even more nervous yesterday. 
The reason I got nervous yesterday was because earlier in the day, a little sizzle reel about the Kenobi show leaked on Twitter. I right. Seeing it spread around like, oh shit, do you see this Obi-Wan feature? And then it all, it, like as soon as people started posting it, it got copyright striked, got taken down. And I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> it was that what we're getting tomorrow? Because what came out later was, yeah, that's an o- a sizzle reel for the Obi-Wan show, but it's what they showed to investors last year. You know, last year during the Disney Investors Day when they announced all the Star Wars projects and stuff? Yeah. They showed civil- sizzle reels to the investors that the general audience didn't get to see. You know, we got to see like the Cassian thing, but we didn't get to see the Obi one. Well, this is what they got to see. And I was like, Ooh, that's weird. And it just made me kind of wonder like, Oh, is, is that what we're getting tomorrow? And then some people were saying, Oh, that's an old sizzle reel. That's not going to be the only thing they're releasing tomorrow. Right. Shona. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, I don't know, man. I didn't, I didn't want to be the Debbie downer and be like, guys, I think that might be it. So this morning rolls around, I hop out of bed, I have myself some cereal, I jump in the shower, I um, talk with my home health nurse that's been coming by, see when she's coming by, and I snuggle into the couch, and I've got two things planned. Um, Keep up with the Disney Plus Day announcements on Twitter, and watch the Boba Fett special, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, then the Disney plus announcements start coming out and, you know, it's some, you know, it's like the Hocus Pocus sequel and, you know, other stuff like a Pinocchio live action remake. Um, right. And just announcements. And I'm starting to, and I was like, okay, you know, getting this stuff out of the way. Then we get into a section that's clearly sort of supposed to be like the Lucasfilm section. And it kicks off with a um, little featurette, little video about the Willow series that's coming with Warwick Davis sort of joking around and interviewing the rest of the cast. No footage or anything, but, you know, just sort of talking about the show and how it's coming next year. And I was like, all right, this is exciting. I love Willow. Can't wait to see more of my buddy Willow in action, right? Right. Then the next tweet comes. The next tweet comes and it says, hey, go to Disney Plus to watch Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett. And I was like, okay, all right. Now they're promoting the single, the the thing that's up on Disney Plus for people to watch now. We're clearly in the Lucasfilm slash uh, Star Wars section of Disney Plus Day. Right. And then they tweet something to the effect of, Hello there. Go to Disney Plus to watch a special feature about Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show. And so I'm in the bathroom and I see that tweet and I click the link and it opens up my Disney Plus app. And I'm like, don't be that feature that leaked yesterday. Don't be that feature that leaked yesterday. Guess what? One minute. One minute. It was the feature that leaked yesterday. Which, to be fair... Had it not leaked, is kick ass. I yeah, it is kick ass. There is 
100% no doubt that this feature is kicked ass. It kicked ass. But the luster for people that are on social media and saw it initially when it leaked was kind of taken away. Not necessarily Disney or, or Lucasfilm's fault. Somebody fucked up somewhere, but not necessarily their fault that people saw it the day before and it kind of took the wind out of the sails. Um, But the feature itself, which we can talk about now, was great. Like, to me, seeing it yesterday for the first time, it didn't matter that it was a year old or that the investors had all seen it. What mattered to me was that it got me stoked for Obi-Wan. And Ewan McGregor is super stoked to play Obi-Wan. Yeah. That he's excited to be with Hayden again. That he's training with a lightsaber. And by the way, in that scene where he's training with the lightsaber, there's some other jokers in the background training too. Yeah, there are. So I, I mean, it could just be practice or choreography practice or whatever, but it kind of made it seem like we're going to see more lightsaber uh, action in this and more lightsaber wielders. And then we got to see some really cool concept art too you know obi-wan uh on the eop uh uh a um inquisitor coming off their ship so i think that kind of further confirms the involvement of inquisitors within this show which i think is cool right um uh a picture of darth vader chilling on a throne looking at some sort of hologram hologram yeah and then, you know, a shot I think a lot of people are focusing on, rightfully show, so, a shot that appears to be Obi-Wan and Darth Vader facing off again. Uh, and it's a kick-ass shot. Um, a kick-ass piece of concept art. So, like, I, I want to stress that even though, like many other people, I'm disappointed in what we got in on Disney Plus Day, I do think this Obi-Wan featurette or whatever you want to call it is cool and it did i was excited watching it i don't want to take it away from that is it what i thought we were getting no do i think they could have given us more absolutely but i did think the obi-wan thing was cool there's one line in there where he talks about it's you know his one thing to do is to protect luke now, that makes me think that that may be what the whole crux of it. Luke may be under threat, or the information of where Luke is may be leaked and under threat. It could that be. That he has to button so up. Or... So, Deborah Chow says, you know, that's how it starts, but where it goes from there is where it really gets interesting. So, to me, that kind of makes me think that it opens with Obi-Wan on Tatooine looking after Luke. And then something happens and he's drawn into some sort of intrigue or adventure or both. And my main concern with this series from the get-go, as excited as I am, is that I just want whatever reason they have for taking Obi-Wan away from Tatooine and not watching after Luke is something real cool. Like, it's got to be worth it, right? It can't it's just be, be worth it to fight Darth Vader. It just can't be like, oh shit, he's got to 
Obi-Wan forgot he left the oven on in his apartment back on Coruscant or some shit. It's got to be something his real His naturalization major. form didn't get signed on <laughs> Whatever. Coruscant. So hopefully they can pull that off. That's the biggest hurdle for me and the biggest thing they have to do. And Jar Jar needed a lift from Naboo. I've seen a lot of people after seeing that Vader versus Obi-Wan concept art be like, oh, I think it's going to be Vader and Obi-Wan fighting in a vision. And I don't know, like, <clears throat> I don't know that I disagree with anything more when it comes to the show. I think they will, in yeah. fact, have a face-to-face -face showdown. I don't, th like, you want to talk about deceptive marketing. Um, for them to say that the Obi-Wan show is going to feature the rematch of the century between Obi-Wan and Vader, and to have that be a vision, like, I would think even they know better than to do that, right? Right. So Don't I, hype the two of them crossing swords, and it be something that a stunt double could have done. Right, right. So, I... Peace and love, I disagree with that theory. Um, but could very well be proven wrong. I really don't think I will be on that one, though. <clears throat> and then, after the Obi-Wan feature gets tweeted out, the next thing they tweet about is cars. Pixar's cars. Oh, like, you know you're done. Yeah, this sinking feeling sets in like, oh, they moved on. They moved on from Star Wars. And... That's when, like, I was like, wow. That is... Sad trombone. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, that's really all they're going to show us. And then, look, Marvel announced a lot of stuff, and... I've established that I really like Marvel, right? right? Let's not be too quick to give them the the swifty reach around hand job today cuz they announced a lot of cool stuff, but they kind of just showed us logos for all that cool stuff with the exception of a few <laughs> things. Like they announced a new Spider-Man animated series that I'm very excited about. They announced a continuation, you'll you'll like this, of the X-Men animated series from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. They're doing a sequel to that called X-Men 97. Oh, that's cool. That that's coming in 2023. Like Lord That'd be help, awesome. Lord help me Jesus get me till 2023. The way things are going <coughs> in the back half of this year. Let's just say I hope I make it. I hope I make it to see whatever movie is supposedly taking Rogue Squadron's place and the new X-Men animated series. Um we're going to get you there. They announced a bunch more shows. Like, yeah, it was exciting. And I love Marvel, but Star Wars is my main. It's my thing, right? So to right. see all <laughs> these Marvel announcements in such quick su succession, like one after the other, stung a bit. Even as much as I do like Marvel. Um, and then, you know what I did? I'll be honest with you. Can I... Can I play it straight with you in the audience right now? I wish you would. I'm having a tough time lately. Like, really? Yeah, man. The last couple of months, 
have been rough. Like, very stressful. Just, you know, there's the hospital stay. There's <clears> Dharma. <throat> there's hospital stay. There's Dharma. There's continued hospital and, and medical stuff. Doctor's appointments, nurses' visits. For the last two months, I've been dealing with all that. Right. Stuff going on with my grandma, work, on top of all this stuff. So I've just been incredibly stressed and just kind of bummed. So, like, the Star Wars Disney Plus stuff day, I was bummed, but, like, I was just like, whatever, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just yeah. a matter of, like, what? I guess I guess I'm just bummed about Star Wars today. I can't let myself get too down about it, or I'm not going to go and, like bitch about it on Twitter because I just don't have the mental bandwidth to be fucking bummed about one other thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I did was I got all comfy on the couch and I fired up under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett. And you know what that did for me, my dude? What did that do? It turned my frown up upside down, side down my dude. Did you watch it? That's good. Yeah. Hell yeah. I What'd you think that. of it? I thought it was great. I feel I was gonna tell you this. I feel like it's a primer for Boba Fett. I feel like they got yeah. plans for more Boba Fett stuff, and this is the primer for people that may not have no, you know, may not have seen the trilogies in a while, but are Star Wars fans and like, you know, who is Boba Fett and so, where did he come from? And not to circle back around to Marvel, but with Marvel, you know, they've been doing their live action series this year. And with each one, they put out this little feature called, like, Assembled or whatever. You know, ascend, Assembled, uh, uh, the Scarlet Witch and Vision. And it's a little, like you said, a primer that catches you up on what the Scarlet Witch and Vision have been up to leading up to the series. And they've right. done that for all of these. And it's really handy, even for someone like me who's seen all the Marvel stuff. It's a nice little, like, Cliff Notes thing. Now, this Boba Fett thing was a little more in depth and detailed and went into the history of the character a little more than those did. But Absolutely. Was, <clears throat> I think it's like you were saying, serves a very similar purpose. I gotta um, say, it's really neat that when the collector starts talking, that oh, guy, I know Steve you'll know. Steve Sansweet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's really neat when he starts talking, it's neat hearing uncle George himself. Yeah. Dave Oh my God. Buddy. Know. When George, <laughs> When uh, my favorite moment of the whole thing, well, there's several, but one of them is so they're talking about the creation of Boba Fett, right? And how they initially planned for Boba Fett to be like the next evolution of stormtroopers. They were going to be like super commandos. And so they design him, and then there's a budget issue, and they decide, like, we can't make hundreds of these for the movie. Let's just turn them into one character. You know, all stuff that. If you know a little bit about Boba Fett or Star Wars, you've probably heard, right? Right. <laughs> it's still cool hearing. And then George goes, and then we go to do the holiday special. And he makes this face when he brings up the holiday special that filled me with fucking joy. George, because I, I assume this is newer interview fear, footage. Yeah. Still throwing shade. At the he hates <laughs> that thing. I know. And he even... He's made like, I didn't have anything to yep. do with it. No, I didn't have anything to do with it. Like, yep. He even made sure to throw he in there. it. Like, I didn't have much to do with it. <laughs> I, I loved it. Lucasfilm didn't have anything to do with it. 
I loved every second of that. If I could bottle those few seconds up <laughs> into like a <laughs> brew, like an alchemist brew and keep it in a little fucking uh, like potion bottle around my neck. And whenever I had a bad day, just uncork it and go, <sighs> just take a sniff. That is the kind of glee that moment uh, filled me with. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I really liked, I was really glad they devoted a decent chunk of time to Jeremy Bullock and Absolutely. his relationship to playing Boba Fett and to the fandom. You know, I was lucky enough to meet him at Pensacon a few years back and everything they said in that documentary about his personality and how he was with fans was 100% my experience with Jeremy Bullock. He could not oh have goodness. been kinder and nicer and just a delight, man. So I love that they they gave him some time and short and like had his uh, wife on there showing off some of his Boba Fett collection. Which, yeah. You know, made me very jealous. He had some quality Boba Fett stuff in there. It was cool that the piece covered everybody that has portrayed Boba Fett. It did. It was know, more or less. Um, and especially, you know, the the attention paid to Tamar Morrison's time in the role and Daniel and Logan. even even Daniel Logan. Uh, once again, you want to talk about a scene that filled me with joy and I love so much was Daniel Logan talking about being on set the first day and Tamora Morrison being like, I hear you're playing my son. And he was like, yep. And he said, okay, I'm going to call you son. And you call me dad. Like, I love Tamora Morrison, man. Yep. He sounds awesome. People wanted to be like, ugh. Oh, do you remember? Oh man, I don't even want to get into it. We're not going to get into it. I'm just saying, I am one of. I'm not the only person by any means. Plenty of people who have, but I have been one of the people advocating. Oh, if they bring Boba back, I want to to more Morrison, and people would be like, mm, I don't know, man. I think you could do a recast. I don't think he acted very good in that movie. And I was like, ah, uh, who did act good in that movie? That's not something those movies are known for. You had Christopher motherfucking Lee. Yeah, right. And nobody's right him about his performance. Ewan McGregor and Natalie Portman. Yeah. I fucked that up. So I was just saying, man, like, I don't know. I think we got to give him his, give him a chance. So having him back playing Boba Fett is real cool man it is just what the doctor ordered man i went to see my surgeon this week that's a whole mm -hmm. nother story we got too much to get into some make a note and i'll tell you the story about my surgeon he's a cool dude this but... knee stuff <clears throat> this knee stuff is the gentlemanly thing he's just too embarrassed to tell y'all that he's really having to go for penis reduction surgery oh, he has too much length and too much girth, and he's going to get it, like, under control. Okay. First off, William, I appreciate mm. – I, I know I see your strategy. I see you trying – like, you see your, boy, your boy's down. Your boy tells you, hey, man, I've been having a real tough time of it. And I don't bring it up because, like, I wanna, the, this is where I just want to talk about Star Wars and have fun. But I want to be straight with you guys. I'm having a tough time. And you're like, nah, man. This can't do. I know how to pick 
hauls up by his bootstraps, for lack of a better term, and and and, and I'm gonna tell all these listeners that he's got a huge dick. <laughs> and huge. buddy, if too it, big. If it wasn't man from Nantucket. If it wasn't That's what we're talking. such a monumental lie, I would let it slide. <laughs> but it hey. is so much of a lie that I just can't <laughs> let it abide, man. Like, I don't think there's a single person who's ever listened to the show or met me in person and has said, that dude in the wheelchair's got big dick energy. <laughs> Not a single person I have, would have to disagree. I, not I a single. Everybody thinks sees him and like sees. They're like that guy in the wheelchair. He looks like Mick Foley. Um, if Mick Foley had a um, tiny dick, he's gonna flop out the salami any minute now. So um, fall right out of those jeans. Whew, whew. I can't let that guy. <laughs> he's actually missing a leg. That's the shoe on something else. Oh my god. Oh, my Lord, Will. Anyways, <laughs> uh, you got me off track here. I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, if you haven't watched the Boba Fett, the uh, man behind the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett, man under that. I, can't, I know I'm fucking that title up. I've probably said a different <laughs> title for that fucking show every time. Boba Fett under his helmet. Under... Un- un- under Boba Fett's helmet for a thousand years. Under, com. under the helmet, the legacy of Boba Fett. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it. You know, me being the guy who's like, I'm the Boba Fett guy. I'm like, people, if they know anything about me or the podcast, I'm the guy that's into Boba Fett. Back when Boba Fett was cool to be into, when he wasn't cool to be into, and still now when it's cool to be in Boba Fett again, that's been my thing. So I'm just, just saying, the happiest little Boba Fett fan. Your mileage may vary, but for me, it made me quite a happy camper, and I thought it was just fantastic. The bee's <laughs> knees. So, um, okay, this happens, right? And... Under normal circumstances, I would be like, come on, guys, don't overreact about something like a Star Wars freak out. Right. If it wasn't for one thing, the fact that the official Star Wars Twitter account said like, oh, mark your calendar for Disney Plus Day. And if they didn't further hype it up on the YouTube like this week in Star Wars, right? So I I get people's disappointment. Like if this was all, if we were all just getting hyped off of rumors and speculation, I think that would be a different thing because by now we all know that those things can be hit or miss. Nobody that reports on that kind of stuff ever has a perfect track record. Um, so, you know, it, it's always best to approach those things with caution, but then to have the official Star Wars stuff be like, oh boy, you guys get excited. We're going to show you <laughs> something that all the rich guys got to see last year. Eat this feature at you peasants! <laughs> Eat our Obi-Wan crumbs! You fucking peasants! 
glass of water and a crust of bread and right back to dinner. Yeah. I mean, right back to bed. <laughs> so, look, uh, <clears throat> we'll see. I The thing is, is we know we have a packed year as it is next year. We've got Obi-Wan, Cassian, Bad Batch, and most likely Mando will sort of close out the year, right? We know this stuff is coming. It would have just, uh, I'll tell you what kind of sunk the knife deeper, right? I decide to turn on that Marvel special that they put no. on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the next thing I'll watch. And it's it's okay. It's pretty cool. But half of it is kind of just giving you a recap of WandaVision, Loki, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and What If, the stuff they put out before. And then they're right. like, oh, shit, guess what we got coming next? And they show sort of an extended Hawkeye scene, which looked pretty cool. They showed the first footage from Moon Knight. You know me and Moon Knight. You and Moon Knight. And it's Oscar Isaac, and it... We it's look. There's a less than a minute of footage in there, but it looks really cool. They show Just us checking all your boxes. They show us She-Hulk. I leave the She-Hulk footage thinking, okay, I'm gonna watch that. Awesome. Then they show us some Miss Marvel. Looks delightful. Okay, that's awesome. Did they show a ton of any of these? No. Just little tastes. Just a little taste. Something to wet your lips. Morsels. How hard of it. How hard would it have been for Star Wars to do the same thing? Okay, we, here's a little recap of Mandalorian Season 1 and 2. Here's some clips from the Bad Batch and the Clone Wars seasons we did. The, the last Clone Wars season. Here's some visions. Guess what we have coming up next? What do we see? A couple tiny little clips of Obi-Wan. We see fucking Cassie and Andor's handsome ass strutting around. You know what I mean? We see... Um, I mean... We see like clearly the two marketing departments have different budgets and sizes. I don't think it's budgets and sizes as it is approaches to be I honest. See. And then what do we see? Some random clip from bad batch season two. And then all you gotta do is show us a, a picture of the Mandalorian in season three. And he can be in another fucking desert and we all lose our <laughs> mind. We're like, what? Mandalorian season three, back to the desert, they baby. The color of the sand, it's yeah. like blue sand, blue and, sand desert. No, it's just slightly more tan, just slightly <laughs> more tan sand. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all it would have taken, you know. And we didn't even get that. I get, I do get the disappointment. Um, I just got to move on. Like we'll get it when we get it, and. This time next year, it'll seem silly, right? Because by this time next year, we will have seen Cassian. We'll have seen uh, Kenobi, so on and so forth. So I'm just trying to keep that in mind while this is all going on. Yeah. Because it's coming. They're just not showing you any of it. Maybe maybe the surprises and the reveals are so important they can't afford to give anything away. That's not it, Will. It's. I love that. I'm just trying to hype you up a little bit. Look, that's a more valiant attempt than one of the world's biggest lies that you tried to pass <laughs> off earlier. Hey, hey. Um, do you want to talk about the elder? Don't talk about my boy's big wang like that. 
Yeah, I want to talk about the elder. Uh, so the elder is the <laughs> the elder is the seventh of the Star Wars Visions shorts. It comes by to us by way of Trigger. This is their second short in the series. Of course, they also were responsible for the third one, the twins. Um, and it is directed by Masahiko Atsuka, which he claims in the behind-the-scenes stuff is his last project ever. Um, as director, right? As director. Ever. Um, <clears throat> which he might reconsider if Star Wars changes its mind. Right. Um, and this one is the one that is the story of the Master and the Padawan exploring the Outer Rim when they come across um, a mysterious elder that has visited this, you know, sort of remote planet and all that stuff that or happens. Or may have come from that planet a long, long time ago. And it's, um, as far as animation style goes, I mean, I would say it is is my favorite or is my second. I don't know. It's hard to say because I really like The Ninth Jedi and The Village Bride. But this one's up there in terms of um, animation. This style. one's one of this one ranks high, like one or two for me. This one is one of my favorites. It ranks really high for me too. Um, this one, I mean, I again, I like you said, I, I enjoyed the Village Bride and the Ninth Jedi, and those would make great series as well. But this one in particular, there's something about it that's complete, something Cowboy Bebop-ish, to where like the episode in itself is, you know, all you have to say. It would be great if you had more, but it makes it the statement itself. I agree, I agree, one hundred percent. I would say my top three, I think, are the ninth, in no particular order, in the Ninth Jedi. The Village Bride and the Elder. Um, yeah. And I, 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 I think The Ninth Jedi is my favorite. And then, depending on my mood, Village Bride and Elder could probably change places between two and three, depending on my mood. But I really yeah. like The Duel could also be up there, just maybe not in my top three. <clears throat> so this one is one I really, really enjoy. Um. This is also the one where David Harbour in the English dub does right. the voice of the master Tajan and uh, I, I dig it, dude. I like I think his he work does I think he character. does a really good job. I think so too. Um and I have to shout out that in the English dub, the um the Sith Lord, the Elder, is played by James Hong, who is Lopan. In one right. of my favorite movies of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. So I'm right. specifically drawn to the English voice cast in this one. <clears throat> um, it was funny as shit when he was like, no, don't clap, throw money. <laughs> uh, like, all right, all right, man. I didn't realize he's 92 years old. Yeah, he's really old. Yeah, and I loved how they got into sort of the design process of that Sith ship, even though this is what I like. Like, even though we only see it landed, parked, they fully designed out how the wings work and what it looks like when it's flying and stuff. Outsourced that to, to a sp- out of house to a like, manga artist. You know, yeah, specifically. Who they said they were um, 
worried might turn them down because she was too busy. I was going to say no. But it turns out she was a really big Star Wars fan too. And I also loved how their director um, talked about when he was a kid, he filmed a puppet show that was um, Star Wars, Wars. but set in sort of like a traditional Japanese setting, which is kind of Star Wars visions. And like, I was, man, like, I think they really did a good job finding creators who not are only well-respected in the anime anime genre, but also have affection and some kind of connection to Star Wars. And and I think obviously, that really shows. Obviously influenced yeah. heavily by Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a, a reason this one appeals to me so much is like just like the High Republic, just like the Old Republic, This seems like it's set in some indeterminate time well before The Phantom Menace, right? Because... Because I think I remember hearing 500 years since the last this has been seen. Well, he says hundreds of years. Hundreds of years, that's right. In The Phantom Menace, they say it's over a thousand years, right? Over a thousand, that's right. So, it's... I don't know why I thought 500, but hundreds. Like, just that one little contextual line of dialogue like sets my imagination ablaze like oh this is before Puts the 800 menace. years or more before phantom menace yeah and like 800 years or less i guess that just really gets me excited and then to see like them run into a guy who was a sith and he talks about like uh how obsessed the sith became with power and the whole deal between dan and the sith and then uh, Tajan and the Sith, I think is really Dude, well done. Yeah, they mention it in the extra as well, but they said, you know, we show we decided to show the display of Tajan's power on the face of the Elder afterward. Like I thought, that's very powerful, and the way they did that it was incredible. Yeah, and when I... he basically takes his sword from him, like his he's so pissed at him, like uh-huh. so angry. And the design of the elder is so like, like gross and like evil looking. Like they even say in the extra that they kind kind of went for something almost demonic, right? Right. Um, right. So that moment when they're facing off, Tajan and the the elder are facing off, and Dan distracts him, and it allows him to get the final blow on the elder. I think that's right. really slick how they do it where he like turns Super off badass. it turns off his lightsaber so he can move it to the dude's chest and then reignite yeah. it. I think that's such a slick fucking move. And it untangles him from the lightning, mm-hmm. you know, shutting off the lightsaber. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I just I think this one's really cool. I think the writing is really cool. It's barely over 15 minutes, but it uses that time so economically to tell you a complete it its story. Own, yeah, it builds its own universe. Like, it builds its own story, like you said, in, in a very brief amount of time. And, you know, something I loved as, as a kid were the lines in the original trilogy that set your imagination going. Like, the little mentions to backstory that aren't, like, info dumps, where, like, you know, Obi-Wan mentions that he served in something known as the Clone Wars, like, 
that one line and one mention of the Clone Wars gave me endless hours of speculation for years until we saw exactly yeah. what it was. You know, mentioning the Castle Run or, um, you know, mentioning uh, like just the mentions of Anakin that happen in the the original trilogies like all that stuff that just <laughs> made me like imagine and think about oh what happened before all this and just the sense of history it gives the universe and i feel Very like they appealing. do a really good job at that in a couple of moments in this short right i think right. that one line we already talked about of you know it's been hundreds of years since the Sith were destroyed or whatever. I think a similar line would be when he's looking at the ship and he's like, I found this ship and it's not like anything I've seen, but it reminds me of a Sith ship I saw in hollow vids. Yeah. Um, um, that always, or I think that works in the same way. You know, if you had your timer wondering when that candy was going to hit, just then. <laughs> just then. Almost at the hour mark. Mm. That's funny. <clears throat> so, um, uh, I just think this one's real cool. <laughs> yeah, right. I can imagine. Uh, you want to... I don't have much more to say about it. I know that kind of fizzled out there at the end. Sorry. Uh, it is one of my favorite and, uh, it is spectacular. It, it, it really cultivates the relationship between that master and Padawan. I was scared that Padawan was going to eat it the first time I watched it. Yeah. Uh, I do like that. He got injured and didn't have to have a robot stomach. Yeah. You know, most, most injuries in star Wars require, a robot replacement type part or something? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> you want to hear from some of our friends? I do, yeah. Let's do that. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty cockhead. So stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Kitty cockhead. What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead. All righty. Hey, if you want to be featured on the podcast in our listener feedback section or whatever, you want to call this, email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. Let's see who we got on the show today. Let's kick it off with King Tom. I bet you King Tom has a perfectly reasonable and 
respectable take on the events of Disney Plus Day. Do you think so? Yeah, man. King Tom, that's him. He's like an even-killed... He's a very Jedi dude in a lot of ways. Now, how fucked up would it be if I play this voicemail and King Tom is like, Fuck it! Mother! (laughs) Fuck it all! (laughs) Let's hear what he has to say. Hey there, Haas and Will. I'm gonna be honest, you know, probably like everyone else, Disney Plus Day in in terms of Star Wars, uh, it was something else you know it would have been nice if if we had gotten one of those kind of things that they did for all the the marvel properties where you know they had a retrospective of what they've had already then some clips of the stuff in the pipeline because they've they've got stuff in the pipeline and we know they do they confirmed it they just didn't really share any of us so um having said that uh, my question for this week is what do you think of moon knight that uh, Oscar Meyer looks like he's going to be pretty good in it. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for the great, great podcast. Uh, keep it clean, and I'll talk to you later. You know I keep it clean. Uh, Moon Knight looks sick, man. Like I said, we got very little of it, but there's a specific shot of him jumping in between buildings in front of the moon that is so good. real good. I'm actually about to send you a screenshot of it. We don't get the best look at the Moon Knight suit. That's something I'm really curious about. But uh, I can't wait. Moon Knight has always been one of my favorite. I don't. Th- I don't even know if you could call oh, him a beer tier, a B tier superhero. Right? He's probably Mike. Until now, considered C or D tier at best. What is his city? Um. What city like where is he does in? he protect? Yeah, what, what's um, his city of protection? Ah, I believe it is Watumpka, Alabama. Is it really? No, it's mighty obscure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really know, man. I, if you, I was just looking at the buildings. I didn't know if it you was know right now San Francisco or. Washington. When or... I think about Moon Knight, I don't necessarily associate him with a place like I would, you know, Spider-Man, obviously. He's New York. Uh, uh, Daredevil, they're like, well, he's not quite as strong. He's not quite as strong as um, <laughs> Spider-Man, so let's give him a burrow. <laughs> he can yeah. he can cover Hell's Kitchen. You know, maybe he'll expand later. Well, it's a, it's a test run. Or, you know, Batman has Gotham, Superman has Metropolis. I never really associate, and maybe incorrectly, I never really associate Moon Knight with a specific city. I don't really um, associate the X-Men with a specific city either. I just think they have a place in upstate New York. Yeah, that's like their home base, but it's not like they're like, we're the X-Men, the protectors of (laughs) upstate New York. I mean that's true, but they're so powerful. They global, and yeah, they well, have a they have a military jet, an X jet, yeah, yeah, a Blackbird. So they're I'm like very the excited. Avengers, but they're mutants. I'm very excited for that. I'm really excited for the X Men animated show. I'm excited for uh, Miss Marvel. I thought looked delightful. Uh, she Hulk looked cool. Um, as far as new stuff they announced, like, uh, 
There's just so much of it. I'm going to run down this list real quick, Will. So I can just oh tell you how much they announced because I think it just drives the point home a little more with people's disappointment, right? Yeah. Um. Oh, my God. They're still... Wait a second. They tweeted out a whole bunch more stuff. Oh, my goodness. Book of Boba Fett Season 2 announced... Knights of the Old Republic show on Disney Plus. Are you serious? Clone Wars live action show. No, I'm no, not no, serious. You're not serious. Yeah. <laughs> no, you ain't serious. Um, I was like, really? Wow. Oh, you know what? I'm stoked. I'm stoked to watch uh, Shang Chi this weekend. Now that's up on Disney. Oh, Plus. that's cool. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm I'm, I'm excited to watch that because I haven't seen it yet. All right, all right, here we go. So they um, talked about Secret Evasion. We already knew that was coming. Uh, Marvel Zombies, it's getting its own animated spinoff. Oh, really? Agatha House of Harkness. What is going on? I'm not excited for that one at all. It's the first time, peace and love, it's the first time Marvel has announced something and I've had zero interest in it. You know what I mean? Like, even stuff I'm not super familiar with, like they announced the Eternals, and I'm like, I don't know shit about the Eternals, but I'm interested to see it. Uh, right. Ironheart. I am Groot, so I guess Groot is getting his uh, it's his own little animated series. Is that a subtitled Vin Diesel paycheck? I guess. Something tells me they ain't going to give Vinny Boy... That's probably just going to be another dude with a gravelly voice that can say I am Groot in different inflections. Um, they did Spider-Man. Save him for the movies. Spider-Man Freshman Year. That's the Spider-Man animated series. Um, Echo. Echo is interesting because it's a character I don't know much about but is apparently featured in Hawkeye. So that kind of makes me feel like the person portraying Echo did a really good job and they're like, shit, they need their own show. So that's kind of exciting. Oh, wow. Uh, what If Season 2, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, X-Men 97, uh, and that's it. Lots of stuff. Some of that Lots stuff of is... Lots of cool stuff. Yeah, some of that stuff is uh, cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. It's stuff that was already announced, but it doesn't matter. It was still something. <clears throat> All right, let's see who we've got next. Next up, we've got Josh Wright. Hello there, Haas and Will. This is your internet pal, Josh. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm really looking forward to your discussion of Star Wars Visions The Elder this week. Um, it was one of my favorites of the Vision shorts. Um, I really like the haunting, dreamlike uh, feel it had. I think the music really helped in that. Um, I also thought the making of featurette was probably the best um, of those featurettes. Um, and it really added some uh, kind of layers of meaning and some depth to the story um, that wasn't apparent to me on first, uh, first viewing. Um, and I think you remarked on this before, and I agree with you, um, that The Elder has a kind of High Republic feel to me. Um, I really liked both of these characters. 
uh, both the Jedi characters, and um, I'd really like to see more of them in the future. Um, even to the point where I kind of like to see this story and these characters canonized. I think it should be. I think it could be um, easily uh, fit into the High Republic, at least as it's as it's currently going. So, what do you think? Um, do you think? Uh, this uh, vision short uh, would work well if it was brought into canon. And do you think there are any other uh, vision shorts do you think uh, that you would like to see brought into canon? Okay, hope you guys are doing well. Keep it clean and may the force be with you. You know I keep it clean. You no, know I keep it clean is what I was going to say. <laughs> um, I feel like the Elder is one of the ones that you could make officially quote unquote canon with some of the least amount of work. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, I was about to say super easy. It does feel like the high Republic. Yeah. Or you could say it's set even a little bit before the high Republic era in the waning right. days of whatever era was before the high Republic era. Right. But, exactly. Yeah. You know, I think it would work really well, really well. Um, you know, I think it would be easy to say the ninth Jedi uh, is canon, but you would want to make sure to be very specific about where in canon it's placed because to me, starting to set stuff in the future is a little... I just... I don't know how much of future Star Wars you want to establish, even if it's way in the future, right? Yeah, Bef- I, I think now that it's a Disney property and can go with movies, you know, once they find their footing, I think you want to save the future for the movies, you know, that's kind of how, at least initially, like, I think you need to at least establish some form of post episode nine history. Um, before you start fooling with the future too much. Now, on the other hand, I also feel like it's possible that you could set it so far in the future and that you could be really vague about the past. They're kind of vague about the past in the original trilogy. And let's yes, be honest, are. even when they're fucking crystal clear in the original trilogy, when they went back to tell that story, things could change. Yeah. <laughs> so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. I think you could, you know, make an, a ninth Jedi series or movie and just have it so far flung in the future that you could keep, you know, the history of post episode nine Star Wars. It would have to be some serious technological advancements that made it a different enough world that you weren't going to collide. I don't know. I, like, I feel like the ninth Jedi feels set in the Star Wars future, but also doesn't feel that technologically different than the star Wars universe we're used to. Um, I mean, that's true. Uh, but that's the other thing. Like we're talking about a short, if you're going to expand that into a movie or a series, then I think some serious design work needs to be done to, I don't even mean from a technological standpoint, but just from a, like give it its own feel. You know how the prequels have sort of this shiny, everything's like a little nicer, and newer you know like yeah feel to it and then as the movies go on 
it starts to look a little more like the uh, the original trilogy. <clears throat> Give us an era of Star Wars that has its own sort of design feel that sets it apart. That's always going to be one of my complaints about the sequel trilogy is I like the story, but I also kind of wish we got the evolution of the X-Wing and the TIE Fighter instead of Remakes. X-Wing Update. and TIE Fighter. Upgrades. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Next up, we've got Kobe, Mr. 100. Hey, Haas and Will, it's your boy Kobe, a.k.a. Mr. 100. Uh, how's it hanging? Hopefully Small. hanging clean, of course. Cle- uh, you know it. Um, I got to start by saying I saw the, the Eternals movie uh, a couple nights ago, and it was awesome. I, for some reason, I didn't have, like, my normal Marvel hype going into it. Um, you know, that just that, like, insane sense of hype you get for, like, a Star Wars, Marvel, a lot of, the, you know, the big movies like that. And I don't know why, because that movie was freaking excellent. Like, it was awesome. I would recommend that everyone go see it. Um, it was excellent. Um, my question this week kind of has to do with that and somewhat kind of how it pertains to Star Wars. Um, something that I'm noticing, or am noticing, that I have noticed and am noticing with Marvel and, like, how I look back, you know, I've, I've went and kind of watched majority of the movies all kind of in, in order when they released, um, since ap- after Endgame came out. And you kind of go back and watch and you think about, like, okay, the first Avengers movie and Loki comes and you're like, damn... This guy's powerful. Like, at the time when you first watch it, obviously not now, but you're like, man, this guy's powerful. I don't think they're going to be able to top this. And then, you know, like, you get a couple of the individual movies, and, like, the next Avengers movie comes out, and it's, you know, it's Ultron. You're like, damn, he makes Loki look like a punk. It ain't getting, you know, it, it don't get any better than this. It don't get any more powerful than this. And then, you know, we have a couple of pretty good villains in the individual movies, and then, like, you know, Infinity War comes, and we meet Thanos. And we're like, oh, man. It, this is it. I mean, this is the most powerful guy I've ever seen. It don't get any better than this. And then, you know, they, they defeat Thanos over the course of a couple movies, and then you get some pretty good villains. And now we're getting into... Essentially, we're just we're ramping up all the time. All the time that, you know, they bring in a villain, they, you know, they kind of squash him out, and then you're like, wow, that was crazy. I don't... You know, I don't know how they survived that one. And then they just bring in another more powerful villain, which I'm not complaining. It sounds like I'm complaining. I'm really not. I think it's, I think that's a good, you know, as, as kind of cheesy as it is, it's, it is, it's, it's a good way to develop your characters and, you know, add new characters and bring in new people. Cause the more villains you bring in, the more, you know, other superheroes you bring in along to go with it. Anyway, this isn't a Marvel podcast. So I won't go into much more in depth than that, but you look at star Wars, right? And Star Wars obviously doesn't have the same, you know, makeup as Marvel where it's kind of linear. Star Wars obviously started in the in the, you know, in the 70s in the middle of its own story and then we had to jump backwards and then we had to jump way forward and now we're kind of in the middle again with like the Mandalorian and you know, the Obi-Wan series coming out and you know, we're kind of back stuck more in the middle. Um but they don't really have the same, you know, uh, villain kind of makeup as as what Marvel does, where it's, you know, this villain and then the next most powerful guy and the next most powerful guy. Um, 
But now that the Star Wars, the Skywalker saga is over, do you think that they could move more towards a Marvel-type roadmap where, okay, we defeated Palpatine for the, you know, third time, or the second time, I guess, and, you know, we're, we're moving into the future of Star Wars, or maybe the past, we don't know, I guess, but, like, where do you think they go from there if they do a new trilogy? Do you think they just kind of keep ramping up the hero or the villains like they do in Marvel, or do you think they kind of, how, how do you think they go about that? Um, sorry if this one was kind of hard to follow. It was kind of hard to put that thought into a, like a coherent sentence. But as always, um, keep it clean, gentlemen. Have a good one. Peace you know out. I do. <laughs> okay. It's so big you got to wash hard. Well, come on, man. You got a whole setup. Like I can't, like I can't abide this lie. Like if <sighs> you were like, telling yeah. people, I saw Will, I saw Halls get 50 kills, zero deaths in a game of Halo. I'd be like, yeah, he did. I'd go around, I'd go along with it. Or like, I saw Halls climb a rock wall using only his arms. I'd be like, yeah, I did that shit. But I, this is such a major lie. I cannot abide by it and and with and, and have a clean conscience. It just it's over the line, Donnie. That's because you're just trying to be a gentleman. Everybody anyways, knows so, gentlemen don't talk about their big dinguses. Anyways, uh as far <laughs> as um sort of the Marvel villain ramp up that he's talking about, I think I think uh, it is a formula specific to comic books usually that's true and i think marvel also has the benefit of what 60 fucking 70 fucking years or whatever of stories to cherry pick from of marvel comics and established villains do they direct anything or do they you know take anything and adapt it 100 percent as it was in the comics no they put like the fucking shiny mcu twist on it but still they have that as a basis for inspiration and with Star Wars, like I think at the heart of it, so much of Star Wars comes down to the underdog heroes versus the opposing force, right? Like, right. The, the force and on the Jedi and all that make it compelling. Yes. There are nuances, but that's not really Jedi versus Sith is not the core of Star Wars. I mean, in a lot of ways it is, and it's a very important component, but I think at its most basic, it's it's about, you know, the underdogs. Like, I think there's the a... hope of heroism against huge odds. Right. I think there's a reason in The Force Awakens that you have the re- basically the entire Republic home system get blown up or whatever, capital system get blown up, because then that puts the Republic, the good guys on the losing side. You know what I mean? It resets the table to where they are now the underdogs. And the disadvantage. Now, you know, if Star Wars is going to continue, I don't think it's in its best interest to continually tell stories of, you know, a new empire rises. You know, I think there are other stories to tell, like, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Yuzan Vong or whatever from the EU, but the concept of a force, an evil force from outside the known galaxy coming in and being that kind of threat, I think that is the kind of thing Star Wars could explore in the future 
and be really cool. Like at the end of the day, I'm always going to want to see like, you know, green and blue lightsabers versus red lightsabers. So I think you need to have dark siders um, in it somehow. But is there a way to reconfigure that so it's not so it puts some kind of fresh twist on it right right i think that'd be something that they could look into and as far as like an overarching villain i think that's what we're getting in the tv stuff the stuff that's all connected it seems like thrawn is probably going to be or at least makes sense for him to be the big bad that is the problem going forward in this. Like, I think, you know, you get Moth Gideon in The Mandalorian, but if all these con- these shows are going to connect and stuff and culminate in a big crossover event, there's got to be a threat that they're facing. And to me, I think that's going to be Thrawn. And I think that's really cool. It would make sense. I think that is... Uh, a type of character uh, to be the big bad in a star Wars story that we haven't really gotten in live action because so much of it comes down to light side versus dark side to have like this calm and collected tactician, you know, that they've established Thrawn to be. I think that could be pretty fucking cool, man. I think so too. And look, there's going to be light side and dark side elements and Mandalorians like, and all this other stuff. So, We'll see. I'm I'm interested to see how it goes because, you know, if we do get a uh, Old Republic movie, right, I think once again, yet again, you're looking at, like, the good guys facing off against an evil empire, most likely the right. Sith Empire, you Sith know? Sith Empire. Now, does, does it throw a wrench in it and and remix it enough that we have tons of Jedi and tons of Sith where it's not just the rule of two you know it could and I look it it's an exciting prospect to me so I hope that's what they go with oh I'm glad she texted me I saw it just in time all right here we go this is from Jim oh man did you see it did you see it? You saw it, you clean dick son of a bitch. I'll bet you see it. You saw it. Oh, that Obi-Wan thing, I missed it. So, uh, good evening, gentlemen. I wanted to ask, ask you about uh, Boba Fett. Now, during The Mandalorian Season 2, I did not trust him at all. Like, I can't believe more people weren't talking about it. I'm like, you guys don't see the double cross coming? And I'm happy to be wrong. But do you think, uh, I'm happy that he's about honor and respect and all this with, uh, and I'm excited about the show, but do you think he was always like this? There's not really anything in the old movies to argue that. Um, But do you think he's always been this exact way, or do you think that the Sarlacc pit and the being nursed back to health by uh, sand people do you think that uh, that maybe softened him and changed his ways and maybe we'll even see it? Or do you think he's always been that way? All right, gentlemen, ignite the green. I, I go for go it. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. no, you go ahead. Not for me. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, yeah, no, 
fucking go for it, Will. I'm just sitting here quiet. <laughs> Bro, you better go for I it. I think the Sarlacc definitely changed him. I don't know if it made him kinder or, I, you know, because I don't, we, you know, we may not find out until Book of Boba B- B- Fett exactly how it changed him or if it did or how he was before him. But I would have to say some time in the Sarlacc pit and then hanging out with the Sand People has to change you somewhat. Uh, but I, I think you are will see just as much of his ruthlessness as, you know, his honor with Django may have been because he was dealing with a Mandalorian. I don't know, but like, I feel like you're going to get to see his ruthless side no matter what. So, I think this is definitely sort of a, a changed man version of Boba Fett that we're getting. And right. okay, yeah, I think you know, I think we'll have seen. I think. Both of you guys are right. I think that his time in the Sarlacc and anything that happened after that has changed his view on things because, like, it's it's hard to say, man, because there's so many versions of this character in my head. There's, you know, the guy that gets <laughs> six minutes of screen time and four lines or whatever in the original trilogy. A bunch of different potentialities in there. There's, um, you know little guy Boba hanging out with his dad in episode two and watching him get decapitated. There's Boba that we get in the clone wars where we get to see him grow up a little. And he's like hanging out with Bosk. you know, there's Boba from the dark horse comics that I used to read. There's robot chicken Boba. There's, uh, Boba from Book of the Bounty Hunter or, or, or War of the Bounty Hunters that's going on in the comics right now. There's a lot of different versions of Boba in my head. But it does seem, I do think they're trying to portray some sort of reformed Boba. Like the line in the trailer where he's like, Boba, or or Jabba ruled with fear, I intend to rule with respect. Like I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of, uh, shoo, I just hit a pothole. Um, that's kind of how Boba Fett's going to be these days. Yeah, and I think we will get into that a little bit. I think it will explain explain a little bit how he's changed and what caused that change, basically. <clears throat> All right. Let's hit up. We got one email. Um, hey, Sam, I'd have your email saved, right? Talking about the War of the Bounty Hunters. I just wanted to say, buddy, um, I'm still going to read your email. I haven't finished War of the Bounty Hunters, but you will hear me on the Rogue Rebels podcast talking about the first half of it sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but once I finish it, we'll get to your email. So I haven't forgotten you, buddy. All right, next up we have Allison. She says, hi. I'm so glad that Will is enjoying Stardew Valley. I love the game and recently started a new farm myself. It's so... Sorry, my baby monitor came came through for some reason. Bro, was that a paranormal activity? No, I don't think so. I think it's a program. Well, here it says, um, I'm so glad that Will is enjoying Stardew Valley. I love the game and recently started a new farm myself. It's so relaxing for me, and I find the farming aspect really satisfying. I hope you are enjoying your time in Pelican Town. <clears throat> I was re-watching chapter 2 and 3 
of the Mandalorian, and I noticed some symbolisms slash parallels between Din and the Mudhorn. The armorer gives Din the Mudhorn signet because he battled the Mudhorn and his armor was all but destroyed in the process. But the Mudhorn wasn't fighting Jin or Din just because he provoked it. The Mudhorn was fighting protect its young from this dangerous person trying to take it. Just lo- like how Din becomes incredibly protective of Grogu by the end of season one, which is when he gets the Mudhorn signet, signet on his armor. It's not just a symbol of the strength that it took to defeat the Mudhorn. It's also a symbol of how much he has grown to care for and protect Grogu. That's pretty fucking solid and something I've never... It's deep. Yeah, never It symbolizes his, you know, his tenacity to protect his young, just like the Mudhorn. And then uh, she says, I love rewatching shows and movies for times like this. It allows me to notice small details and make connections that I wouldn't have noticed on my first watch. Have either of you noticed a deeper meaning in a TV show or movie you were watching? Love the show, and I hope you both have a great week. May the force be with you, Allison. Thanks, Allison. Have you ever uh, has something ever that like that happened for you? Like, I'm trying to think. Have I ever found myself having some grand epiphany during a show or a rewatch or a show of a movie? Um, I'm not that bright. When it comes to stuff like this, you know what I mean? Like, I if wish it were lost, you would be. Well, I mean, she said she didn't say just Star Wars. She said any show or movie lost. Like, I'm trying Too to specialty. I'm trying to think if there was any grand like when it came to watching Lost. You know what? I had a solid track record was predicting outcomes. Right? I had yeah. a couple where I nailed some pretty well. For instance, you know, there's, I won't give any, I'll be vague, but there's the season that ends with the mysterious person in the coffin. I called yeah. who that was real early. <laughs> um, I also called the time stuff um, pretty yeah, well. Yeah, you did. <clears throat> but I don't know that I had some, like, great epiphany about some deeper symbolism or meaning in an episode necessarily Um, mine are mostly from bluey yours are mostly give me an example here buddy um there's one called sleepy time where they put the kid to they put bingo to bed and she's trying to sleep in her bed and not sleep with her mom uh and there's this whole she's dreams about being in outer space and you know, basically the separation of letting go and, uh, but everything she's doing is basically a metaphor, you know, you know, for a child growing up, but always having their parent around, you know, to fall back on. Like, it's really a a great one. And then there's another episode called flat pack where they're putting together some furniture and the kids use the, uh, like the waste, the the cardboard and all the packing and stuff. And it's basically an allegory of the evolution of humankind. And, you know, what we do as a family, we raise young and we set them off on course and then we sit back and, you know, watch from heaven. It's a, it's a really, it's profound when you watch what it's about. I, I get, oh. I think really what it, the deep meaning of it. 
<clears throat> yeah, that's pretty wild, buddy. You know, you know what I I I do this with probably more than movies and TV. Like it's weird when when it comes to movies and TV, I feel like my mind approaches it from more of a like a like a theory standpoint of where this mm-hmm. is going, what's and I and I think part of that a detective kind of outlook maybe a little bit and i think maybe part of that comes from my obsession with lost um but you know what i i definitely pay more attention to like sort of the symbolism and stuff of music that's where my mind applies sort of that kind of thinking and oh yeah i can like the album lateralis Buddy. That's what I was going to say. The origin of that is being in the tool because a lot of listening to tool is kind of trying to figure out the puzzle of it all. Um, Cause the, the lyrics are very, they're written in a very sort of allegorical poetic way. Right. Very true. And almost in a way where they can serve as a bit of a cipher where you can apply them in its own way. I think that's written that way to where like, if this is what it means to you, then that's what it means. Um, right. For some of it. Uh, and then, you know, he's got a story about tripping balls out in the desert and meeting aliens and shit. There's, <laughs> there's, no, they're not all the same. <laughs> um, but that's definitely something I do with music. And then the other thing I really like are fucking concept bands, bands that have like a storyline in their albums, like Coheed and Cambria. So, I'm always kind of listening to that, enjoying the music, but also trying to figure out how it pertains to this, you know, long ongoing story that they tell through all their albums. So, right. <clears throat> all right, buddy. I think that does it for us. Well, well, I <clears throat> talk too goddamn much. That's not possible. You know what the fuck is going on when I it guess, comes to Star Wars. I guess it all it is. And I also, need to be filled in. <laughs> I guess it is uh, sort of the point of a podcast, right? Yeah. Um, hey, share your wealth of knowledge. Hey guys, if you haven't already, please leave us a five star review on iTunes. If you like our theme song, be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes. Spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com If you enjoy video games or you just want to hear me talk my fucking stupid head off even more, check out the High Potion podcast that I do with our buddy Steve. It's a lot of fun. You'll be glad you did. And uh, remember guys, maybe an episode we next week, maybe not. Depending on how the whole knee surgery goes. Um, but Dick it, reduction. Until the next time we talk to you, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us.